positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. Trippy music, you know it's time for Voltacast here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I will soon be joined by the lovely, the amazing Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth Wind. But she isn't here yet. She is traditionally late. She calls it CPT. That's her words, not mine. I am the accidental racist. Uh, yay! Welcome to the Voltacast. It's been a big week. On the internet. Oh, my reputation is ruined. Oh. Uh, hey, I am joined uh, by... Do you want to have a name today? I'm Jonathan. He's Jonathan. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to remain, like, invisible or whatever. No, no, no. No, no, it's good. Hey, Jonathan, you're actually here. It's exciting. Yay. Yay. So the State of the Union happened last night. Yeah, we didn't... We didn't I, pay attention. No, the just, Warriors lost... That's more important to me. That was horrible. That was horrible. By 30 points. That was oh, it was like, Stephen Curry, did you forget you were my spirit animal? What happened? I think they didn't care because it's Utah Jazz. They're like, fuck it. I know. Utah Jazz, the dumbest name for a team. It's just the wrong. There is nothing jazzy about Utah. They have new jerseys and a new uh, color scheme. And they look like lava or something. They're like a sun rising. Well, I like my hair right now because I look like a Mormon wife. I've <laughs> braided it in a French braid up and back, and I feel Utahian. Utahian. Is that a, is that a term? It's got to be. Utahian. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, okay, so applause. Hey. Mr. Speaker, the President's Cabinet. The President of the United States of America. There was. It says applause, so I guess people were applauding. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Ryan, members of Congress, I have the high privilege and the distinct honor of presenting you the President of the United States. Of tweeting. More, more applause. Mr. Speaker, Vice President, members of Congress, the First Lady of the United States, and my fellow Americans, less than one year has passed since I first stood at this podium in this majestic chamber to speak on behalf of the American people and to address their concerns, their hopes, and their dreams. Very well. <laughs> Thank you. It's voice. good. Who wrote this from? <laughs> that night, our new administration had already taken very swift action. A new tide of optimism was already sweeping across our land. Each day since, we have gone forward with a clear vision and a righteous mission to make America great again for all Americans. Jesus. What an asshole. <laughs> I mean, what's the clear vision? Yeah. What's happened? What's gone forward? <laughs> if we had any, has there been anything that's happened? Oh, wait, people don't know. People still have health care. Thanks, Obama. Uh, applause. 
who did he get to applause for him? Did he have like, did he have to pay people to be in there? Like clapping? Yeah, they have the they... little applause sign that pops up. Oh, yeah. You yeah. have to applause. And is, what, what's your buddy from high school? Stephen Miller. He probably Stephen wrote Miller it. was there applauding, I'm he sure. He probably wrote it. So of course he's <laughs> he probably wrote it. He's like, we need janitors to pick up our trash. <laughs> yeah. Why would I pick up my trash? Why would I have... pick up my trash? There's people we pay for that. I'm sorry. I'm still doing my stupid Trump voice. So we didn't throw trash at him at that rally because we we respect our janitors. <laughs> <laughs> because all people matter, or do they? I mean, yes, they do still. All. All. <laughs> <laughs> Even Bangladeshis. They count. They're important, too. Mm-hmm. <coughs> NPR. Uh, so in the middle of this, this is from NPR. They actually have, uh, within the text, they have their own commentary. And uh, so that's a lot of fun. It's basically fact-checking. So here, Trump keeps talking. Over the last year, we've made incredible progress and achieved extraordinary success. Where? I know. He just uses big words about stuff that doesn't happen. We have faced challenges and we expected we expected and others we could never imagined. We have shared in the heights of victory and the pains of hardship. <laughs> this is like the worst. This is nothing. Okay. We have endured floods and fires and storms, but through it all, we have seen the beauty of America's soul and the steel in America's spine. <coughs> Here's the annotation. This is a construction Trump has grown fond of using. In a campaign trail economic speech, he talked about putting American metal into the spine of this nation. And in June 2017 speech on infrastructure, he talked about putting new American steel into the spine of the country. Does he have money in steel now? Yeah, he's got, well, of course. <coughs> but Sorry, I'm terrible. He's also taking he promised jobs to all these people, but then he's... American steel jobs. He's, I guess, taking not not only jobs, but he's ending certain companies. This is crazy. Uh, each test is forged new American heroes to remind us of who we are. Latoya, the sheriff of truth. Yeah. I'm reading. I'm trying to read the State of the Union as Trump. But what a, what a pile of shit this guy is. He's like, no, we're getting, we're all together, we're hanging out, yeah. I can't kick the man out. No, it's, we're all, it's, it's a big, it's a big day. Trump said things last night, and so far he hasn't said anything. We're, we're a little bit into his speech. He didn't say anything last night. No. He didn't. Of course he didn't. No. <laughs> uh, but, but he did say the steel in America's spine, so we think that maybe he has money in steel. I think he's trying to push the steel agenda because he has new, new uh, money he's put into that. It. It's just pr- pr- promoting his own agenda. I'm just making things up. Good to see you. No, I mean slander is awesome. I love, I love slander. That's a new T-shirt. Slander yes, is slander awesome. is awesome. Well, and and so there was some slander on the Facebook. It wasn't slander. I made a post yesterday. Let's see how many likes or how many people say now. The last time we it. checked, there was 202 comments. Right. So and two shares. You're all in trouble now, Pam. Yeah, I did. Well, but so not as many likes though. <laughs> not like 35 as many likes to 200 likes. Comments. Oh, not oh. as many likes. So I wrote, <laughs> "All comics love rape." In quotations. <laughs> this is so this is this is in quotations. All comics love rape. A comic joked off stage last night. I was not threatened, but remained silent. What would you have said? Oh, that's just a question. <coughs> right. 
It's just oh, a question. God. People got but, soft in their oh, feelings. but people say I've ruined my. I threw someone under the bus. I threw him under the bus. Wait I'm like, minute. I didn't throw anybody under the bus with that. Comics said that later on, they're like, this is through the person. It's like you threw him under. I'm like, I didn't throw anybody under the bus. Other people later. Through, they said, who is it? Name names. I said, I'm not going to name names, but it's my favorite comic. And I didn't have a problem with what he said. I'm just asking a question. And in my silence, am I complicit with the rape culture? And then that spawned this whole oh thing. God. There are so many comments. It's so many unbelievable. people fights with amongst themselves about what they're, you know, what they were replying to Pam's question. So there was it's a, a question, though. Mm-hmm. It's a question. I mean, yeah, as, exactly. as comedians, that's what you. It, it, yeah, because everyone's so PC and and everyone has to walk on eggshells now. Right. So it's a it's a it's a question of like, okay, if this person made a joke about rape, you know, how do you take it? And it's not it's not a bad or good thing. It's he just, wasn't even. He just said all comics love rape. It it was and, and I just I was sitting there and the, the, so last night I got yelled at by another comic and he was like, <laughs> "You weren't even in the conversation. Wait, you were eavesdropping yeah. on the conversation." I'm like, "You weren't even there." Tell he's me like, about, tell he's me about like, your he last night. He got you on that show, and I was I know I'm still drunk. I'm gonna drink some more. It's crazy. Uh, and he's like, "He got you on that show." I'm like, "He didn't get me on that show. Like I know Dirty Dan P. And he booked. This is like the fifth time I've been booked in Katati. I wasn't calling people out for rape culture. I wasn't calling anyone a rapist. I was saying, somebody said this and I was silent. And and I was calling myself out. Am I a bad feminist? Because I didn't say something when someone joked no, about rape. We're talking about it right now, aren't we? Right. And that was the question at hand. It was like, what would you do? Right. What would you have said? What would you have so, said? And, what would you have done? The fact of the matter is like, okay, see, people get the definition of feminism all twisted up. Okay. Right. Just because you, if someone is saying something like you, for example, what you're just talking about, that doesn't, you question your feminism. Nah, don't question That's it. it. I, I, no, because we're humans and we're not perfect. We make imperfect errors. The fact of the matter that we're talking about it and you brought it up as a question. What that's oh, that's called dialogue. Right. That's, that's the, part of feminism is opening dialogue. Right. Actually, so I mean, right. duh. I mean, yes, I, yes, yes. I'm tired of all this soft ass, soft shoe and shit. So here's I'm tired of that. This is oh there's God. a couple comments and then this one uh, woman writes, I would shove a Foley French up his penis, and if it's a woman. I'd find the biggest needle I can find. Someone else comments on that. This is the rapiest thing written on this thread. Just <laughs> great. I'm sorry, that's funny. She gets back. She says, if they attack first to rape me or anyone, I'll bring out the biggest 18-inch French Foley I can find. They will be sorry they messed with me or the people they rape. I will call Liam Neeson to find out who did wrong? LOL. And she wrote Liam Nissan, which is funny. Nissan. Like a Nissan, yeah. I feel that. That's a far cry from um, wanting to do those sh- things for joking in bad taste, however. Um, name names, blah, 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 blah. Only rapists rape, blah, 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 blah. Oh. Only rapists do comedy. I love that. Warhol Kaufman, do rapists love comedy? <laughs> uh, I would have said their name out loud. What name would I have said? And then to that, I said, he is my favorite comic. And I know he was joking, but by not responding, am I complicit with the culture? And then we have a bunch, I mean, this goes on forever. We've got, uh, when the laughter stops, uh, if it was a person that you liked and thought misspoke, you probably shouldn't have made this public. So that then, then it starts becoming a thing where I, 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 
Okay, so but it wasn't about who said it. It was about it being said. People, you know what it is? People, the reason why people are looking for who said it so they can start pointing fingers and shame. Put that scarlet letter on the person. Yeah, it's you know, just a it's question very juvenile. It, I know he was. I said I know he was general, joking. And I, it's I, a definitely a good debatable topic. And again, well, I asked the thing. Not good, but it's a debatable topic. It, my debatable topic is by not responding. Am I complicit with the culture? And I'm, I was serious. And when, when I got attacked last night, and he was saying like, "You threw him under the bus. You threw him under the bus." And I'm like, I'm actually asking questions about like the dialogue right now and what's going on. I I really don't think you I'm in the wrong. You didn't say don't do those jer- jokes. No. Don't do that. At the very I end, I, you. I have my own rape joke at the end. Um, <laughs> but there's, no, absolutely. At, after like 180 responses, I'm like, so guys, I, I didn't have a problem with what he said. And actually, I have a rape joke. Here's my rape joke. And it's the one that you know my rape joke. Have you ever taken a flaccid dick in your mouth and sucked it till it's hard? Now that's power. And and I, I so I did that on stage last night and all these guys laughed and they loved it. And, they, and I was like, if you get woken up and your dick's in someone's mouth, is that rape? And they were just laughing and laughing. They're like, no, that's great. That's awesome. Who doesn't want to wake up with their dick in someone's mouth? I'd say that's technically rape. That is, it is technically, technically rape. Non-consensual. You're yeah. asleep. You're asleep. Asleep. It's, yeah. it's, but this it's is, rape. But, but, but this is also tie into the dialogue that you posted up. This is how men and women take things differently. Right. Yeah. So this is also another dialogue that we're opening up. See, okay, see, see this is what people need to... These conversations need to happen instead of pointing out to who said it, who was it, you know. Come on, yeah. that's so juvenile. You but don't get anything. Th- this is where this this gets good. Uh, Mo, my buddy Mo DJ, he's a he's a karaoke guy. He says the point of jokes is often to be absurd. Obviously, the actual number of comedians who enjoy rape is near zero, but the current quote-unquote rape culture and sanity being spread around society needs to be made fun of. I have literally heard misinformed women claim all men are rapists and they expect this type of hateful nonsense to be respected. Great stuff. Yeah. Really well thought out. Mm-hmm. And then we've got from oh, that. there's comments to that. Uh, right. Yeah. Probably don't be surprised when women start coming out against him. That's interesting. Uh, Mo, and then one guy goes, Mo DJ! He gave him a bunch of ups. And then here we go. Brandon Stokes has a point. Should have asked him about it. Is what you're trying to accomplish here is that he will see this and approach you or change? If so, I think being very direct is always the best approach. That way there is no confusion. Remember, this expectations are premeditated resentments. That's weird. I think they're saying like, you calling someone out. They're basically saying like, I'm calling someone a rape. I don't... I didn't think anything. I didn't think it had to had anything to do with naming names. I thought it was about the conversation. It was about the conversation. That's what what pisses me off is people are trying to point fingers, finding out instead of ha- op- having this open dialogue, they're going juvenile. Like who said it? Who did it? So they can point shame this person. That's all it is about. And this is and this is another part of feminism that fake ass feminism that I don't like. Yeah. Shaming people. Yeah. That is and that is where the fake feminism comes in the context. That is not what the definition of feminism is. It's just pointing fingers at yeah. this, one another. This, and why are the people, people generalizing everything? It's like if there's a you know, something at hand, something that is just there, and that's a person's opinion and context, especially in comedy. There's right, and I didn't give so context, but and and but rape is terrible and awful, and it's yes. in movies now. And that terrible movie Haze we watched, where I feel like all those girls were sort of consenting to rape, 
they were like oh, Grapes always been to movies I Have mean, you seen like Porky's? Sorority. I, I mean <laughs> From the yeah, Exactly <laughs> So we've got Pam yes If you were uncomfortable With what he said Silence is enabling To toxic max- masculinity Silence according to rape culture Is consent So she answered my question Yes yeah. I'm a bad feminist Because I was silent but I don't I like, think she's calling you back. No, 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 no. I mean, but I, I actually... And then Molly Sanchez says, just say you're better than this. Uh, anyways, call-out culture becomes a whole thing. Question, though, right! Like, and it's yeah, great. Those they are actual have. comments to your question asking what would you have done, which is nice, rather than just start going on about who said it and trying to find out how they could point fingers you're saying you know, like blame somebody when it's just like how about we just talk about what Pam just asked right that's yeah that's a, it's a shame game that's that fake well, ass feminism so so what it, shame what, Pam what this, for asking it's what like, this ends that. up becoming is they started saying call out culture and everyone's talking about right. call out culture and they're saying that I'm calling someone out and I'm now part of this call out culture call- but but I'm like uh, call I'm out culture just... in New York is being just speaking <laughs> right I mean keeping it real this is passive aggressive California we're talking about so call out culture could just be Ooh. just speaking your mind just saying no 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 I yeah. don't I don't have to deal with this if someone says something I'm and I have a question and I need to ask uh, and Facebook is a good forum for that then I'm gonna put it on Facebook and I did not mean for it to get this blown up I had no idea it just goes and goes and goes and goes it's crazy and call out culture that is and then someone else passive aggressive California makes someone made it cool so true someone made a card of it I didn't say who it was but then other people did and so now it's like everyone's like oh blah 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 and so I guess people say you had hearts behind the comment the comment the initial comment, you know, you asked had the question and everything, I had it. hearts behind it. Like, this is an interesting thing. And I want to see how many people would comment on it. And Jesus Christ, 200 and something. That's crazy. Well, so this has been exciting for you. Well, and, oh, okay. Okay. Jonathan's going to go shopping. Go to Costco. Bye, sweetheart. <laughs> well, so rape. So rape. I mean... <laughs> I just, you know, the thing is, I. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been talking about this almost every week. We can't get away from you it. You know, the fact of the matter, what you did is open dialogue. You didn't use anybody's names. That's actually really throwing shade if she was going to use names, which this person did not. I did not. And Other people brought it up, and that was a thing. But it's also a question that we have to sit and ask ourselves, too. Yeah, you know because yes, men and women get raped, but women uh, on a large percentage get sexually assaulted a lot more. Right. And well, it, and it's pervasive in the culture. Like, it's just it's one of those things we we even sort of accept that. Watching this movie about college, this hazing movie, I was like, the girls when you're in college or whatever. It's I mean. I sucked so many dicks because that's what I just thought you were supposed to do. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, I don't want to have sex because I want to be a virgin. But I was sort of taught that once you're 18, if you, you, you hey, I'm like, about, you got to suck the dicks. No, it was, but it was like, it was a thing that I was sort of, it was These are like, it was expected happened, to yeah. do, but it, there, it was almost like some of my power as a woman I was taught 
was in sexuality. Like sexuality was a part of how I'm supposed to get ahead in the world. How, like my parents, my mom would say, can, can you just look pleasant? She'd say, if you could just look pleasant, everything will be okay. Like just be silent and look pleasant. Look, be pretty. Right, just be pretty, seriously. And that's a, that's a whole way to live your life. And I guess it's very bougie and... You get what you want if you just be quiet and be pretty. Exactly. And so... It's false. Am I... I guess I was raised in rape culture. I watch 90s movies now and I'm like, every joke is misogynistic or against gay people. It's all homophobia and misogynism. Every comedy, that's all it is. The butt of the joke is that the woman's dumb or something happened. And I'm like this just happened in the 90s I didn't even I wasn't even thinking critically at that point it was just media I was consuming and so I wonder now with children that are consuming there's so much media and they're consuming so much media are we not at all worried about the messages and the people they're becoming because of what we're exposing them to I I I, I <clears throat> excuse me I think the fact of the matter like there's always been this culture way past way before the 90s but the fact of the matter is now, now we have to deal with it. Just like how people need get skirmish about racism, people get skirmish about sexism. And when you have this open dialogue, people are like, I don't know if I want to talk about this because it makes them uncomfortable. Right, right. And you have to be uncomfortable to have this kind of dialogue. To move and it's, forward. Yeah, and especially change. where we do have the luxury of the internet from our computers and our phones, where we travel with it constantly, where it's so accessible to get, you know, porn and and anything that you want, and the uh, the drop of your fingertips, yeah, literally, everything, anything, you know, you yeah, absolutely. and so that's why right now the striking moment to have this conversation, because we do have a new generation of young men that we don't want to see fall into the footsteps as maybe some of their fathers or their grandfathers, their great grandfathers. Right. The conversation needs Rule to happen. And we don't want young girls to be complicit. Right. Though I must say there is a small little moment in time in the nineties. In, in the nineties. With TLC? Yeah, well, mm. I was gonna throw some shit like that yeah. up in there. Like there was One this like left Lisa left you, out. You had a balance of powers. They were in very empowering women and uh, in a lot of mass media mm-hmm. and then you of course you still have like you know the thoughts those hoes over there that would you know do their thing so it's a to- total balance of pow- power compared to now where people obsessed over like something like such as like the Kardashians right I can't wait till Kim Kardashian comes out with her neurosurgery book and everybody buys it yeah where that it's just one dimensional where okay she's made so much money but where's the substance well, and I wonder why we praise mediocrity or, or we, we make people famous without substance. It's like, she has a nice ass. Is that why we... But the bitch made a sex tape. Is that... It? That's what... That's, I mean, and she started getting plastic surgery. So mm. that is what it takes? Like, seriously? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Hot there's rap no don't subs- look Jewy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bible. Yeah. But I mean, the fact of the matter is like, at least I can remember a small period in time where... There was a balance of things where I'm like, yeah, you threw out TLC. Exactly. 
Well, you condoms. You- they were so big. They were like Lisa left eye Lopez. The reason she only had one eye was because she had a condom on the eye because she was like, "Be safe, ladies." Because this is take care of yourself. I'll I'll throw some salt and pepper out in there too. Yeah. If I want to take a guy home with me tonight instead of your business, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, and then yeah, let's talk about sex. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah I sound like a little old maid, but you know what? It was kind of opening up the dialogue of female empowerment sure with being sexy but not being crude about it and saying this is yes i know i have the power to do whatever i want with my body and don't nobody need to tell me how to dress and how to get ahead but now it's kind of flipped over to like well this is how you get ahead and you got to give some head right absolutely to make that and so now the dialogue is now broken into like okay Rape culture. This is what it is. This is, right. let's talk about it. Open dialogue. Right. Not everyone's going to feel comfortable with everyone's opinion, but at least we're talking about it. Absolutely. And, and the point of it is not trying to shame people. That is not the point no. of the whole thing. Exactly. Just I like- didn't want to call anybody out. I'm just saying, for me, and I hang out with a lot of comedians and they say a lot of terrible, awful things. And I'm a comedian too. I say terrible, awful things. Like I said, I have a rape joke as well. And I believe in talking about all of these kinds of things. But it was not my intent to throw anyone under any buses. I just wanted to open a dialogue. And I'm glad that it happened. And so when a comedian came up to me last night, he's like, you've really ruined your reputation. And I'm like, sure, I have, whatever. Like... So tell him to sit his ass down. And I was like, well, I ended up getting a little heated because they, they were all doing cocaine. I don't do cocaine. Uh, oh, but oh, they were all, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people doing cocaine. Uh, but I don't do this stuff. And so he was kind of getting in my face. And I, so I got a little heated and I was like, name me another comedian in San Francisco that owns their own space. Tell me. Tell me another comedian. Tell me. Did you say anything? Yeah, can, who, who, who can you, you can't say anything. I'm like, Dude, if you want to be pissed at me, I'm like, I have no ill will towards you. I have no problem. But if you want to be pissed at me, don't pick up stage time here at Mutiny Radio. That's your choice, bro. More time for the rest of us. You don't want to be on stage here? There's plenty of people that do. I totally think everything's going to be okay. Also, get your big boy pants on. It's the fucking internet. It's the fucking internet. Oh, let's get in beef on the internet. Meow. I mean, really, I'm a 12-year-old girl. Sometimes I feel like... You know, I used to teach junior high special ed, and sometimes I feel like hanging out with comedians because they're actually the age. When I was 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, and I was teaching junior high and high school special ed, that's the age that these kids are now. They were then. I could have been their teacher in school. And it's cute, but still, I feel like I'm dealing with special ed. That shit ain't cute when you're a grown-ass person. Well, I... It is easier for me to deal with comedians because I have my training with special education <laughs> junior hires. They're like exactly the same. They want to play with their dick without you looking. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to do any work. Their first effort is so great. Why would they have to do it again? Why would you have to rewrite or do Well, I did it. It's done. Well, you know what cocaine does to you? It sets you on a power trip. You think you're... You think you're uh beyond some kind of higher gift to god yeah yeah so all the special snowflakes well that's the funny thing when the special snowflakes melt they actually just become tears on legs or they become boogers just crusty boogers in your nose oh that's nice (laughs) and as we've learned from the children if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours you don't eat your boogers you smoke them (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> you smoke those rocks. Right, kids? I've got to try that. Do, 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 do. The, the more, more you know. know. <laughs> or the more you blow. Yeah. Oh. oh. Well, I don't do that anymore. I don't, I don't have enough, I don't have enough uh, income to just, I, it, it like. That shit's expensive now. Oh, I can't even imagine. I, yeah, it's, it's pricey. I, I will say I recently paid for some and, um, yeah, it's expensive. That's all I got to say about that. Yes, people. Yes, I do drugs sometimes. Yeah, it's okay. We all do. We live in San Francisco. What else? Well, what no, else we live we in America. We like drugs. Fuck yeah. If it's do. not in a pill. Does he? I wonder if he says anything in the state. Did you watch the State of the Union? I did not watch the State of either. our Union. No, by the way, did you know? Um, uh, on the ticket uh, to the State of the Union, they didn't spell Union right. Wow. They spelled it U. N I R or excuse me, U N I O M M instead of an say the human human, and there was a lot of grammatical errors on the ticket. <laughs> this is uh, we saw. This is the he he says some sad things. Each test has forged new American heroes to remind us who we are and show us what we can be. We saw volunteers of the Cajun Navy racing to rescue with their fishing boats to save people in the aftermath of totally devastating hurricane. We saw strangers shielding strangers from a hail of gunfire on the Las Vegas Strip. Talk about guns. Blah, 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 blah. I know guns. What we got? Uh, the helicopter, blah, 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 blah. I, what I was hearing and reading about today was everyone said the speech was very fucking long and boring and ineffective and then he started bringing out ms-13 again scaring people about brown people and uh you you know he was just talking because there's a microphone there that's why i didn't want to watch it in the aftermath of this terrible shooting we came together at blah 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 shootings guns 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 just talk about gun control though uh, here's the thing that NPR says. Here's this quote, and then they have a little thing. Tonight, I call upon all of us to set aside our differences, to seek out common ground, and to summon the unity we need to deliver for the people. This is really the key. These are the people we were elected to serve. Okay, now here's what they say. Despite the president's call for unity, he has done little to bring the country or the parties together. The country is as divided as it ever has been in modern times. Polling shows about 40% of the country strongly disapproves of the president, and a solid percentage strongly approves of the president. Trump's approval rating overall is the lowest of any modern president at the same time in their presidency. Um, It is low and yet remarkably stable because of the hardcore base described by the rival Republican primary campaign manager as a post-election panel at Harvard has made of titanium. And Trump has done little to reach out beyond that base in policy or rhetoric. In fact, by a two-to-one margin, 61 to 32% Americans say Trump has divided the country since his election, according to a recent NPR PBS Marist poll. Uh, So he's divided us. Duh. He's a fucking racist, sexist bigot. I know. I'm going to get to the racism. So if he's talking about jobs. Oh, yeah. He talked about how 
he, he's helped with the black American unemployment. Right. Rate, but started with other, it started with Obama. But it's and been going down since Obama. And he doesn't Fuck. keep, he doesn't put in those numbers incarcerated black males. And of course so not. So it totally changes the numbers because if you look at, if you consider people in jail unemployed, I guess you'd have to, first unless of, they're employed by being in jail. First of all, it, it shouldn't even be, let's talk about uh, how, uh, uneconomically unequal it is Mm. and then and let's talk let's even talk about okay let's if if we're talking about unemployment rate right now how many of those people have two or three jobs Mm -hmm. who don't even have health insurance who are living below the poverty line sure but the wages are stagnant and the wages have stagnant because the 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 basic minimum wage is seven dollars a fucking hour in the majority of places and if you work 40 hours at a minimum wage job you make too much money to qualify for food stamps or medic which you're still poor and you're still poor you're still poor so i met a girl last night and she was saying oh if i only made a hundred dollars less i could i could have medi-cal but now they gave me more money and now now she has insurance but she has to pay 67 dollars. so they're like they gave her a hundred dollar raise and then all of that's basically going to go to insurance so it's like why but do you i i just i don't understand there the system is here to keep us poor because it makes them I mean it's like we we really have to start thinking where the we spend so much money where's it going I don't I don't get it I don't get it I don't get socialism I mean, is important everybody and you know what it's it's only going to get worse especially as our generation gets older mm. like the these tax cuts that just happened last month they're fully not going to really take place until 2020 or 2022 that's terrible that's terrible that's in the next presidency Cause, exactly because we're riding high off what obama did for eight years don't you guys never forget that ne- never forget here we go talking about wages after years and years of wage stagnation we are finally seeing <laughs> rising wages Okay, according to NPR, ordinary wage earners have yet to see big pay raises despite the steadily improving job market. Wages did grow by an average of 2.5% last year, just barely out of inflation. Gary Cohn, who directs the president's National Economic Council, acknowledged there's a lot of room for improvement. For the last three, four, five years, we've had no wage growth in the United States. Cohn told reporters last week, we need to see wage growth in this country, something we haven't seen in almost a decade. Mm. Companies like Walmart and Bank of America have pledged to give some of their savings from the newly passed GOP tax cut to employees in the form of bonuses or higher wages. So far, though, only a fraction of the corporate tax cuts are being passed on to workers. Unemployment claims have hit a 45-year low. This is NPR. Jobless claims indeed did hit a 45-year low, as the Labor Department reported on January 18th. The next week, they ticked up slightly, but this is a noisy data set that bounces around from week to week. However, the healthy labor market is not attributable solely to Trump. It steadily improved through Obama's presidency. Moreover, presidents generally don't have much control over how well the economy performs. I'm so glad she said Obama. Here we go. Something I'm very proud of. African-American unemployment stands at the lowest rate ever recorded. And Hispanic-American unemployment has also reached the lowest levels in history. As we wrote in a recent fact check, black unemployment indeed hit a record low in December 2017. And Hispanic unemployment is 
near a record low. These unemployment rates have always been well above the unemployment rates for whites and Asian Americans, and all of those unemployment rates largely rise and fall together. Though Trump likes to tout these numbers, no president has that much control over the job market. In addition, the declines in these unemployment rates continue a long downward trend that started well before Trump became president. Ugh. What? And Did I hear that? Those numbers don't count incarcerated people. And as we know, African Americans and Hispanics are three times more likely to be incarcerated. The numbers are there. Even though we all use drugs at the same rate, they're still going to be in trouble for drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, small business confidence is at an all time high. I, I feel pretty good about small business. The stock market has smashed one record after another, gaining $8 trillion and more in value in just this short period of time. Such a blubbering idiot. I know. This is uh, from Jim Zerrell of NPR Business Reporter. It's indisputable that the stock market has been a happy place since Trump's inauguration. The Dow Jones Industrial Average soared over 25% last year and has kept rising in 2018. And the gains have been something of a surprise. Some experts had predicted that Trump's unpredictable style would be bad for the market. How much Trump can claim credit for the bull market is a matter of dispute, however. Many of the most respected market analysts say the impending tax cuts and deregulations probably have helped somewhat. More important, they say, is the strong global economy. For the first time in years, every major region is growing, and corporate profits and stock prices have been rising all over. Money, money, money. People with money get to keep having money. Money, 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 money. Money's only, only important thing. Must be fucking nice. He keeps talking about money, though. And the thing is that what Obama talked about is people. And even on that great thing he did with David Letterman that's on the Netflix, which everybody should watch. Watched it. It was dope. Isn't it super dope? He's so great. He's so smart. And he's so so knowledgeable about what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. and what's happening in the economy, what's happening with people. What Trump forgets is that he's only thinking about people with money. Because just like the way America was founded, the only people that vote were rich white land well you had to be a white male landowner and then it was like oh okay now we can vote if we don't have land okay now we can have women vote okay now well i think black people could vote for women uh black men but they took it away um because it was after the reconstruction Mm -hmm. and uh when they saw black people running for congress and stuff so that's when the height of jim crow really started after the reconstruction because they they finally realized oh shit these black folks can get power oh let's take that away well once we teach everybody how to read then suddenly it's like oh there's smart people everywhere and then like no only people with money are smart enough for the it's i just I, i wish that we could all be like people are important no, people but we're not money. people with money, money are important and but i mean and that but our we were, was our country founded on all men are created equal well i guess it was founded on all white, white males. male landowners yeah. are created equal because they have enough money to be equal are but but i think as a people we're supposed to believe in something bigger and better than that and yet now we're in a place where <laughs> <laughs> the great news for Americans, 401k retirement pension and college savings account have gone through the roof. And just as I promised the American people from this podium 11 months ago, we enacted the biggest tax cuts and reforms in American history. The recently passed tax plan allows 529 tax advantage saving plans, formerly savings accounts for college, to be used for private school tuition as well. Families who take advantage of college savings plans 
are much wealthier than the average. <laughs> You've got enough money to put away for college? Good for you. Must be nice, because college ain't cheap. College ain't cheap. It should be free. Everyone should have access to education. You got damn right. It should be. I mean, if you want to learn, and it's so silly when kids are in college and they actually don't want to learn. I'm like, what are you, what are you here for? Again, back to that movie, Hayes. All the kids were in the call. They were in the sorority and the fraternity. And they, I'm like, when do you have time to study? When is, is, what are you in college for? To get fucked up. Yeah. Well, you can do that as an adult whenever you want. That's I'm, if you got a lot of money. Yeah. You can always like fail and then like, you know, go off to like Europe for like a semester and then come right. back. And I, God, <laughs> I wish, I wish someone would pay for, I mean, not that I feel like I need to go to rehab, but boy, would I like a three-month vacation in a nice palatial place with a pool and like looks over the ocean. Shit, I wouldn't mind doing that. You Getting some saying? detox in my life. Hell yeah! And then get the if they've got the chef that's making me all like vegan nuts and grains, and I like my poop gets all solid and shit. And then you have to be thrown right back out to the real world and see. What I just, happens. I mean, I'd really love to be like, I, I would really like to I feel like I'd love to have a nervous breakdown but nobody would pay for it do you know what I mean like I would love to go into a place for 30 days and be like I can't I can't handle it but I mean that's like it'd be like 30 grand and my rent is only a grand a month so like why would I you want to go to some place like in Malibu yeah I need to I, I wouldn't mind going to a place like wouldn't that, that be so. nice I mean yeah. I wish somebody I'm not disagree with you one mm, bit send me to rehab should I would love to like Give me go a, there and lose 15 pounds oh right like all <laughs> I do is work out and like swim in the pool and get some lay in the sun oh read books yeah oh my god come back like refresh and recharge I really missed this wife boat I really should have taken advantage of like this whole you know let's all put Put feminism back 20 years and I just want to like eat bonbons you know what I mean and like <laughs> I hate bonbons I, 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 little ice cream balls come I, on I so delicious cream. now the first 24,000 earned by a married couple is completely tax free oh, I don't even make that much a year well that's that's great I don't make enough money to be to pay taxes that's great what else does he say that's ridiculous? He says nothing. We eliminated an especially cruel tax that fell mostly on Americans making less than $50,000 a year, forcing them to pay tremendous penalties simply because they couldn't afford government-ordered health care plans. So basically taking out the Obama tax. We repealed the core of the disastrous Obamacare. The individual mandate is now gone. Thank heavens. I... I think Obamacare is amazing. I think everybody should have healthcare. It only helps us if people stay healthy. I mean, it doesn't help the whole like pharmaceutical industry that loves people with diabetes and cancer, but it like everyone, if we took care of our bodies and had more preventative healthcare, there wouldn't be so many egregious problems in the future. Like you People with diabetes, it sucks. You can, like, lose a toe, lose a you, foot. You can lose a fucking foot or a fucking leg. Yeah. Yeah. This shit's no joke. And if you don't have the resources to take care of it... And the thing is that even before... You should have the resources before it even happens. We, This new McDonald's 1-2-3 menu is really fucking my shit up. Okay, that... I've been <laughs> watching the ads to that. That pisses me off. It's... the, I, It's affordable... The affordable food isn't food. So, no. and we make this, like, 
it tastes in my memory so good, but in real life, it tastes terrible. In real but, life, you're going to have the shits later. And it's a four, it's what else? If you have $3 and you have a child, you're going to go to Rainbow and buy him an apple? And, That's and $3 some, right, that, right, for that I one know, apple. The, yeah. Like it's like, That's oh, something the, else we should touch on too. Why places like that are so over the top expensive. That's why I don't like to go there sometimes. There, I mean, I love organic things, but they are, I mean, honestly, an apple is like $2. So if you're a real person who has a child or <laughs> not, I mean, that's not what I mean. But like, if you, like all I have to do We're is worry real. about feeding myself. That's all I have to do. I have right. to keep myself alive. And the cat. And the cat. He's easy. But if there was a small person attached to me and I had to keep them alive and I had $3, you know, I'm going to go to motherfucking McDonald's. I'm going to get him a Happy Meal because right now, sometimes even give you six McNuggets in that for that $3, you get a, you get a nifty toy, you get a drink, you can get milk, which is exciting. Fries, apple slices, six McNuggets. I don't. I don't think that would be the first place I would go to. I know that for a fact. Now, I wouldn't say that I probably wouldn't take advantage of it more often than I... I mean, I don't eat that shit now, point blank. But, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. I know what I could do with that $3. And I was thinking about doing a, a, a dinner with it tonight. Get uh-huh. some ramen noodles. Mm. Get some uh, vegetables. And chop egg. that shit up. And... You got some vegetable ramen. Bam. Yeah. yeah. Put, it, put an egg used, in there. I used to do that shit when I was in college. That's why. Absolutely. But, but taking that with the fact that matters like, okay, well, we didn't have McDonald's this week, so I'll splurge. There's what, my $3. What, what it has to do with, though, is pennies per calorie. So if you're eating McDonald's meal and it costs $3 and it has, let's say, a thousand calories, that means that each calorie is 0.3 cents, right? So you're getting three calories per penny. Yes. 300, 300 pennies. Yes. You're getting three calories per penny. That's a pretty good ratio. If you go to the store and buy, I just bought some blueberries and it was $4.99 for a little thing of blueberries. How many calories are in those blueberries? Let's even just pretend it was $3 just to make the math easier, right? So I spent uh, on a thing of blueberries, $3, and it has 100 calories. So that's the opposite. That's three cents per calorie as opposed to three calories per cent. If I'm trying to feed people and I don't want them to die and they need to eat 1,500 calories a day, let's say, and that's that's not enough. I guess... I. I guess people eat 2,000 calories. I don't know. You're supposed to... 25 is the max, I believe, of the calories per day. Between 1,500 and 2,000 calories. I mean, if I can get my daily calories for... It just... It doesn't... Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Well, but that's why... I mean, and I love fruit, but sometimes I don't buy it because I'm like, what what an extravagance. Nah. I wouldn't, mm-mm. I would, I just, I, maybe it's, I think I do remember there's a point in time where, you know, my mom, when she did get laid off from her job, she did try to apply for food stamps, but we made too much money mm. and we 
had a little bit of money in the bank because my mom had always been with job but I do remember there was this really really low point where it did come to like uh, we had to go to Aldi's all the time Aldi's is a store I, they have them someplace in California but they're owned by Satan Trader Joe's but even cheaper mm. where you get canned goods for like 20 cents and shit mm. like that so being seeing that and being a part of that of like oh well I guess we'll just have to shop at Aldi's for a while right. you know that was a sacrifice that we had to make you know $20 would get you like a bunch of food at the time too. sure and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right that's why I feel like the McDonald's well I feel McDonald's would be the last resort for myself but there are a lot of people out there that don't know how to hustle <laughs> Uh, and, like so and some so. people don't know how to cook for themselves like they have yeah, no idea really how to feed themselves don't even know how to fry a goddamn can't even have no idea so this is it, let's get into the bougie past of me I was not I had never eaten a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until I was 16 years old I don't blame you you didn't miss shit well my <laughs> mom wouldn't let me eat it was a thing we didn't oh because I think she grew up poor or something and she had to eat so many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches she was like you will never eat a she peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> so I, I had my first peanut butter and jelly sandwich on a houseboat trip I know how bougie am I a, a Christian houseboat trip you know where you go out into the delta and sing to God and all that shit together and try to you give each other back rubs and try to make out with a guy but they're just like not into you Remember that? Remember high school? Isn't that fun? Oh my god! Really great at giving guys. I was I was so scary. I scared men off. I've always scared. I'm so lucky that Jonathan deals with me. I've just intimidated and freaked dudes out since the beginning of time. It's absolutely true. I'm just really trying to get a visual of you on this Christian retreat. Oh yeah, giving back rubs. Mmm. Yeah. And I ate my first peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and it was so good. And I was like. Why have we sandwich? Right, but I don't like grape jelly. I, I'm a I'm an apricot fan or a I don't like grape jelly. I'll raspberry. Like grape I mean grapes I like. But you even if you toast it in the pan with a little butter, it's even better. But that's like that's how bougie I was that they my mom every day would make me like a turkey sandwich with like real deli meat and lettuce and tomato and mayonnaise yeah, on a sandwich. That's kind of shit right there that's what I'm talking about yeah yeah no I wasn't a peanut butter jelly sandwich person neither I don't care about that shit I'm like peanut butter jelly ew get this away from me I was a little spoiled brat I, I didn't even know I was spoiled I'm such a dick I I take the turkey in a heartbeat you got damn right yeah. and with the deli meat mm. my mom didn't buy that Oscar Meyer shit she she go to the deli yeah, and make sure it was sliced, sliced. yeah, yeah exactly. the real meat I know and it's so funny cause like I, you know, I love like weird, crazy meats, like fried bologna bullshit. You know, I'm like, yeah. Anyways, I, I used to actually, I my grandfather, he liked that, like bologna and stuff like that, and liverwurst. Ooh, I love like liverwurst. Oh, I love it. I, I love have, it. I used to have this fascination when I was a kid. Some, this would be after school. This would be sometimes, I went through a moment where I would burn the shit out of bologna and just, I like it was like I had to be burnt. Mm, crispy edges. Crispy. Yes, mm. that's why I liked it. I would throw it on the skillet throw or sometimes in the microwave. No, no egg. Oh, mustard, egg bologna. Oof, mustard. No. Egg <laughs> bologna and a little piece of American cheese. I'm in heaven. I used to like American I'm cheese. In heaven. Oh, but like the shit had to be charred black like Wesley Snipes charred black. Mm. And I loved it. What happened to Wesley Snipes? I don't know. I Give know me that some nigga snipes. out of jail. 
Is he he's in jail? No, he's out of jail. Okay. When tax. did he go to jail? Oh, he, taxes. Yeah, the same thing as um, Gotta pay your girl the Martha. Taxes. Oh, I love Martha. But Well, she lied, I guess. Or no, she insider traded. She did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she was insider traded. The changes alone and the Are we still going through really? this? Piece I know, I know. I hate him so much. I'm just trying to like see Ta- all he's talking about is taxes and money. And he doesn't say anything about people. Human beings. Yeah, if we... I mean, honestly, if we compared this with a Barack State of the Union, which I'm going to look up here, I bet that Barack talks about the people a lot more. And uh, I put Obama. Uh, I miss him so much. I mean, every day I miss him and I miss Michelle and everything. Like, what even is Melania? She hasn't even chosen a thing to care about yet. Well, I mean, they arrived separately yesterday. Well, good. Because she should be a good feminist. You know, she mad. I hope she divorces his ass. She mad about that, uh, that porn star. That's why she mad. What did, what did he do? He had that affair with that porn star. Oh, of course he did. Oh, girl, you don't even... Um, look, they even have a thing. Trump's first State of the Union versus Obama's. Oh, by the numbers. Thank you. This will be perfect. Just because I'm... I mean, I want to know, like, how much um, our buddy talks about um, people. Well, this is... Uh, oh, they, it's a, they want you to watch a thing. I hate that. Um, Trump's contract. was shorter in words... 5,190 to Obama's 7,059 but took far longer to deliver. Uh, Trump's speech ran for 80 minutes. Obama's 2010 speech clocked in at 66 minutes. Each included plenty of... Oh, it's playing something and that's very annoying. That is very... There we go. Um, Each included plenty of crafted applause lines Obama paused 86 times for applause and Trump did so roughly 115 times in terms of thematic content the addresses were starkly different though Trump did borrow a key phrase from Obama's Secretary of State and Trump's 2016 presidential opponent Hillary Clinton what What did he say in terms of thematic content Trump borrows Clinton's words for State of the Union address. He borrowed a term from her 2010 speech in his State of the Union address. This, in fact, is our new American moment. There has never been a better time to start living our American dream, Trump said last night. New American moment was a phrase used in a 2010 speech delivered by then-Secretary of State Clinton. As the Washington Post noted, in a September 8th, 2010 story. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton declared Wednesday that a new American moment has arrived in international relations, a moment when our global leadership is essential, even if we must often lead in new ways. So... Ripping off people. Plagiarism. Well, it's not plagiarism. I mean, it's an idea, but... Um, I, I, I mean, I'm... I'm sure that uh, he's put so much stress and anxiety in this country. People don't know what to think. No, oh, I mean, other than yeah. his, you know, his 
36, 35% of his fucking crazy, loody ass, racist, sexist base. Right. Who are old and fat and unhealthy in the first place. So they're probably going to be the ones to die first. Oh, that sounds well, evil. When the I know really it, it, it. I don't give it's a, a fuck it's right okay. now. I, either do I. It's <laughs> the thing is that this could all fall apart anytime because if there is like another nuclear, nuclear, I never know how to spell it. Nuclear, 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 nukes, nuclear. If nuclear, if there's a nuke anywhere, it affects all of us. Have we not figured that out yet? Nuclear. Nuclear? Nuclear. Or nuclear? Nuclear. Nuclear. Speaking of nuclear, we are a proudly an exporter of energy to the world. Final numbers are not in yet, but it's likely that 2017 is the year the U.S. became a net exporter of natural gas, according to the Energy Information Administration. That process well underway, however, before Trump took office. The booming production is due primarily to technologies like fracking and horizontal drilling. More broadly, the country has long exported various forms of energy, including coal, coal and gasoline. There were restrictions on crude oil exports, but they were lifted in 2015 when Obama was in the White House. So basically just taking credit for Obama shit. Yeah, because he ain't did shit. He's played golf. He's played golf. That He's ate cheeseburgers. Mm, cheeseburgers. <laughs> and drank Diet Coke in the bed. I... Uh, he talks about drugs here. This is good. Here, we'll get into the drug stuff. It's just, let me do his voice again. Drugs. Exciting progress is happening every single day to speed access to breakthrough cures and affordable generic drugs. Last year, the FDA approved more new and generic drugs and medical devices than ever before in our country's history. The FDA approved 56 new drugs last year and 1,027 generics. A record in both categories. Great. Drug, drug, drugs. Here, here's applause. <laughs> we also believe that patients with terminal conditions, terminal illness, should have access to experimental treatment immediately that could potentially save their lives. Unless they're doing heroin. People who are terminally ill should not have to go from country to country to seek a cure. I want to give them a chance right here at home. It's time for Congress to give these wonderful, incredible Americans the right to try. Applause. <laughs> One of my greatest priorities is to reduce the price of prescription drugs. Applause. <laughs> like like oh fentanyl? God. Like what it... In many other countries, these drugs cost far less, less than we pay in the United States, and it's very, very unfair. That is why I've directed my administration to make fixing the injustice of high drug prices one of my top priorities for the year. Applause? Yeah, applause. <laughs> this game's kind of fun. Though. Yeah. Uh, we should drink. I have some whiskey. Uh, Trump said during his campaign he wants Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices to help bring prices down. The White House repeated that early last year. Since then, he has backed off that statement. Alex Azar, Trump's new Health and Human Services Secretary, agrees that drug prices are a problem, but has said he does not believe the government should negotiate price directly. Applause. Applause. <laughs> and prices will come down substantially. Watch. I hate this guy so much. God. Watch. Jesus. 
something bad has to happen to them. Oh. I swear to God, something bad has to happen to them. I, I would, you know, I think I need to like really get a Donald Trump voodoo doll. Yeah, I that's totally, a great idea. We should uh, get one for the station and everybody should stick all kinds of things in oh, it. Oh, totally. I will grab that Trump doll's pussy so much. <laughs> He'll constantly be scratching his balls. Ow, What's going on ow, out here? What is happening? Bigly ow. We will work to fix bad trade deals, blah, 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 blah. He has no idea what he's talking about. We build our industries, up, infrastructure. I can use words. Well, uh, roads, highways. I mean, the thing is, he still hasn't talked about... Oh, here we go. Talk about people. <laughs> we want every American to know the dignity of a hard day's work. We want every child to be safe in their home at night. We want every citizen to be proud of this land we all love so much. We can lift our citizens from welfare to work, from dependence to independence, and from poverty to prosperity. Applause. Applause. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Uh, welfare to work they're working that's the thing is that people are working three jobs and it's still not enough so the, 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 the wages have been stagnant yeah. for decades how hard do people need to work because you're sitting around playing golf that's not hard work but I'm making important decisions with people that matter well by watching like eight hours of TV I know guy. that's how he's making decisions Stupid ass. Making good decisions. And then, you know, you, but you know, there are people who are worse than him are the ones that are complicit to him, his administration. Yeah. And the Republicans, who, by the way, some of them have not, are, are, um, are not going for a re-election this year. <gasps> here we go, here we go with the, here we go with the, um, I wanted to hear about this. With this. For decades, open borders have allowed oh. drugs and gangs to pour into our yeah, most vulnerable communities. They have allowed millions of low-wage workers to compete for jobs and wages against the poorest Americans. So he's basically saying... Brown people. Right. Illegal crossings of the U.S. border with Mexico fell to their lowest since 1971 last year, a decline of 25% from the year before. Anecdotal evidence suggests some would-be crossers were discouraged by Trump's get-tough rhetoric, as well as stepped-up enforcement. The drop in illegal crossings was particularly sharp in the early months of the Trump administration. Illegal crossings have been creeping back up since May, however. It's worth pointing out that even before Trump took office, border crossings had fallen substantially from their peak. In 2016, only about a quarter as many people crossed illegally as had done so in 2000. The Trump administration has also stepped up deportations from parts of the country far from the border. In the administration's first eight months, interior deportations jumped 34% from the previous year. While the administration says it is primarily focused on deporting criminals, tens of thousands of people have been removed who have no criminal record. Yep. Breaking up families. That's your family values for you. Right. Um, and then he, he actually talks about some people, which is interesting. Uh, I don't want to hear it. it. He talks about some girls were brutally murdered because of brown people. Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, he's talking about oh, the, oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's right here. Yeah, this is ter this is terrible that he brings us. So so I've been spelunking this script because I really wanted to see when he talks about the people because this has all been about money. amorphous thing, money, and, and but now he finally talks about it. But most tragically, they have caused the loss of many innocent lives. He's basically saying. Brown people Brown. coming over are murderers. Here tonight are two fathers and two mothers, Evelyn Rodriguez, Freddie Cuervas, 
Elizabeth Alvarado, and Robert Mickens. Their two teenage daughters, Kayla Cuervas and Nisa Mickens, were close friends on Long Island. But in September 2016, on the eve of Nissa's 16th birthday, such a happy time it should have been, neither of them came home. These two precious girls were brutally murdered while walking together in their hometown. Fear. Six members of the savage MS-13 gang have been charged with Kayla and Nissa's murder. Many of these gang members took advantage of glaring loopholes in our laws to enter the country as illegal, unaccompanied alien minors and wound up in Kayla and Nissa's high school. Evelyn, Elizabeth, Freddie, and Robert, tonight everyone in this chamber is praying for you. Everyone in America is grieving for you. Please stand. Try to deport your ass too. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's it's terrible and it's sad, but he's. Those folks are sitting on the wrong side. He's twisting up. He's. This is the State of the Union address, and he's. He's using those girls. This is a racist. This is. Yeah, he's he's using using people as for his own racist. Yeah, he's he's a. this is their their pawns in his racism, and I and I'm sorry that they had to, they they, they ate it up too, they it, ate that shit up because they're vulnerable right now. And here's what Paris is about: the Trump administration talks often about a link between unaccompanied alien children from Central America, who have arrived at the southern border by the hundreds and thousands, and a deadly street gang known as MS-13. But critics say the administration misrepresents the connection. As we have reported, those children frequently say they are fleeing from violent gangs in their home countries, only to encounter the gangs again in the United States. Advocates say those children are far more likely to be the gang's victims than its members. Yeah, basically, he's, brown people are shooting people. He's he's putting. This makes me so angry because for all back. he's talked about is money, and now fear. And now racism. That is blatant racism in that is he blatantly doesn't like brown people and is talking about them in the state of the motherfucking union address. Yeah. How and? far we have fallen I I'm, I just I know, and he all he's talked about is money, tax cuts. I I just have to understand that I just, I we're all we're not we're not people anymore we're just dollar signs walking around and if I and didn't it, know it before now I truly know well I mean welcome to being black <laughs> you're just <laughs> a walking I mean, dollar yeah, sign yeah, yeah. I mean like yeah. uh, we we are still known as property to a lot of people still and, so yeah and I, it's it's crazy this is so funny I was at the back patio I'm trying to tell y'all though yeah, I'm trying to tell y'all I'm trying to tell y'all the, we were having a conversation on the back patio benders and people were freaking out about people's names or stuff blah 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 why do women have to take the names and I was like do you guys know nothing women were property like you went from your father's house to your husband's house and you were Mrs. someone else because women weren't educated or you didn't have your own personality right we aren't we're just baby makers and not people or just be pretty on my arm just just, like you said earlier just sit there and be pretty can't you just look pleasant yeah yeah can't you just look pleasant i mean well it's a woman's opinion did well didn't matter and it kind of what's that joke what's a what's a woman and she's an opinion attached to a cunt uh, something like that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He still isn't talking about people, loopholes, racism. We are deadly trying to fix immigration in the ice, ice. 
it's terrible. Okay, so uh, racism, racism. Was he have more forgotten communities? Still no people. Still not talking about people. Oh, he was talking about people. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's another person. Uh, here, here tonight is one leader in the effort to defend our country. Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent Celestino Martinez. He goes by DJ and CJ. He said. You can call me either one, so we'll call you CJ. What? This is the this is in the state of the universe. Oh He's God. talking about a person served 15 years in the Air Force before coming an ICE agent, and spending the last 15 years so. fighting gang violence and getting dangerous criminals off our streets. Tough job. <laughs> At one point, MS-13 leaders ordered CJ's murder, and they wanted it to happen quickly. But he did not cave to threats or fear. Last May, he commanded an operation to track down gang members in Long Island. His team has arrested nearly 400, including more than 220 MS-13 gang members. I have to tell you, what the Border Patrol and ICE have done, we have sent thousands and thousands and thousands of MS-13 horrible people out of this country or into our prisons. just want to congratulate you, CJ. You're a brave guy. Thank you very much. Ugh. I, this is I, I feel like this I'm reading a script this, from like Family Guy or well, something this is why I didn't watch this <laughs> shit this is exactly why I didn't watch this bullshit applause applause I asked CJ what's the secret he said we're just tougher than they are I like that answer oh my applause. god applause. I like that answer applause what I like to do is show him my dick and I say get out of the country <laughs> applause what, applause applause <laughs> here we got more on immigration that's the thing okay so immigration 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 we have to stop this. <laughs> we <laughs> it's uh, and I'm he keeps talking about border. But, uh, the second pillar fully secures the border. I, I got to keep the brown people out. I guess I catch and release. Jesus Christ! Can we just end the state of? Yeah, the, I I want to get. I'm, I'm gonna keep. He's still talking about okay He's, reform economy. Blah blah blah. See, this is what I'm talking about. This shit was way too long. It keeps talking going. about nothing, rambling on because I like to hear my voice. Oh, here's another person. I like it when he talks about people because I, I that Obama really he, Obama really touched me when he, when he he I feel like he cares about people I feel like Trump uses people for his agenda of course as if we as we've seen tonight the most difficult changes bring out the best in America we see a vivid expression of this truth in the story of the Hotlitz family in New Mexico Ryan Hotlitz is 27 years old an officer with the Albuquerque Police Department he's here tonight with his wife Rebecca a pause <laughs> thank you Ryan last year Ryan was on duty when he saw a pregnant homeless woman preparing to inject heroin when Ryan told her she was going to harm her unborn child she began to weep she told him she didn't know where to turn but she but badly wanted a safe home for her baby. What at that moment, time movie was this? <laughs> at that moment, Ryan said he felt God speak to him. This is insane. <laughs> they take the most extremist shit and turn it into like a real life situation like it's on Lifetime. You will do it because you can. He heard those words. He took out a picture of his wife and their four kids. <laughs> then he went home to tell his wife, Rebecca. In an instant, she agreed to adopt. The hotlets named the new daughter, Hope. Ryan and Rebecca, you embody the goodness of our nation. Thank you. Okay, so so the lady was so the lady on heroin could have had an abortion. What? what? So so what you're saying is the lady on heroin didn't have access to prenatal care or 
help in any way. Wait so now they're gonna adopt her baby because what? this is. Wait so now we've gone from we've gone from anti-immigration. Now we're anti. He's talking about abortion here in his fucking state of the union. I mean, he's not saying it. He's fucking wait, saying wait, it. Wait, can we just reenact this? Yeah, because this. it just sounds so like bad, like we're like worse than a Lifetime movie. I've got this last injection of heroin. Hey. I hope there's some fentanyl in it to hey. kill me and my baby. No, don't do that. Don't inject Police that. officer, don't yell at me. Listen, you're <laughs> going to harm that beautiful child that is in your beautiful womb. I wish I could have had an abortion no, seven months ago. No, it is God's will. Don't inject yourself. Wait, God speaks to him. God. Oh. Hi, you are the savior. Save this woman from like self-destruction. Thank God somebody saved me and took the baby that I didn't want in the beginning, but didn't have access to health care or abortions anywhere near where I lived because they were taken away. Oh, because now we adopted her nice beautiful child rather than her be smacked up now so. i'm going to do smack and die <laughs> yay and applause 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 so that was so thank that you was Ryan a story that was that story. was told on the state of the union yeah yeah saved <laughs> saved I, I can't believe yeah i really i People really eat this shit up. They love it. This is so well, garbage. Because he's, he's talking to his base. They're like, I have four, my wife with our four children because we don't believe in abortion. We immediately adopted the heroin baby. But wait a minute. But the fact of the matter is. <laughs> oh, here we go. Now we have weapons. Oh, God. He's talking about abortion. He's talking about gun control. He's talking about God. Oh, wait. He talks about ISIS. God grants him explosions. The Bible. Wow. It is. This is. It is sad that this <laughs> happened. Let's see if there's more people. Oh, here's. Uh, oh, this is. God. Here's explosions. CPR. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, war. So now we've got. He loves the army. Okay, cool. Afghanistan. New rules of engagement. Still. Oh, here we go. Let's get into the Jews. The Jews? Last, the juice. The juice. Yeah, OJ's back. No. <laughs> last month, I also took an action endorsed unanimously by the U.S. Senate just months before. I recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Applause. Applause. It was. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Applause. This is going to be a new drinking game. Currently, cur This is what uh, NPR says. Currently, no country has its embassy in Jerusalem because the status of the city has been considered to be something up for negotiation between Israelis and Palestinians. Palestinians there seek part of the city for a capital of their future state. Since the administration announced it was recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital and will move its embassy there from Tel Aviv, the decision has been condemned by a majority vote of the United Nations General Assembly, Assembly as well as many countries individually. Palestinian leaders have said the U.S. can no longer be an honest broker on efforts for peace and that they will not accept any U.S. proposed peace plan. The U.S. has cut some aid for Palestinians and Trump has threatened to cut more unless they agree to enter negotiations. <gasps> Damn. It's, I know. I, people were saying last night, they're like, they were hoping he would get assassinated at the... I, I mean, are we... I, no. We're not allowed to say. You're I mean, not allowed. we're not allowed. Can we? No, I mean, we can because it's threatening. Right. I, we don't. We don't get us in trouble. You could get in trouble. I mean, I can. I want him to commit I'll suicide. I wait for that stroke. Yeah, I want him to have. A, I, I'm hoping that the McDonald's kills him. 
I that see now that is not saying you're assassinating them. Right. Yeah. You're hoping that another liability such as really bad food will give them high cholesterol, hypertension, and possibly and a possibly fatal heart attack. Absolutely fatal. How was Costco? How was the hot dog, honey? It was good hot dog. Yeah. How good. was that you beef did. in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. You like. <laughs> Yeah, he got he got us a vacuum cleaner. Hey, because I <laughs> don't this dirt is not I don't want this dirt in our vacuum cleaner. Yeah, I know that's right. This is yeah, this the dirt here is yeah. too much. Regimes. Any, any, oh, any. here we go. North Korea. North Korea. Uh, this is scary. Okay. Uh, after applause. But no regime has oppressed its own citizens more totally, more brutally than the cruel dictatorship in North Korea. North Korea's reckless pursuit of nuclear missiles, nuclear, Jonathan, I I can't say nuclear. I said it. Okay, good. Missiles could very soon threaten our homeland. We are waging a campaign of maximum pressure to prevent that from ever happening. Applause. No, not yet. A past experience has taught us that complacency and concessions only invite aggression and provocation. I will not repeat the mistakes of past administrations that got us into this very dangerous position. We only need to look at the depraved character of the North Korean regime to understand the nature of the nuclear threat it could pose to American allies. Applause. Yeah, applause. Uh, maximum pressure campaign, but they haven't. E- we haven't even named an ambassador to South Korea, so we're dicks. Uh, so scary, scary, scary. So what we have is money is important, uh, racism is important. Uh, be scared of North Korea. Be scared of anyone that is non-white. Abortion is bad. We got that out of that. And and uh, <laughs> no wait, he goes on. This is crazy. This is a whole thing. He's got. Uh, here's a person he talks about. Finally, we are joined by one more witness to the ominous nature of his regime. His name is Mr. Ji Song Ho. In 1966, Song Ho was starving boy in North Korea. One day he tried to steal coal from a railroad car to barter for a few scraps of food, which were very hard to get. In the process, he passed out on the train tracks, exhausted from hunger. He woke up as a train ran over his limbs. Then he endured multiple amputations without anything to dull the pain or hurt. His brother and sister gave what little food they had to help him recover and ate dirt themselves, permanently stunting their own growth. Later, he was tortured by North Korea. But this is after he's like, no immigration. No immigration. But this guy is... <coughs> Later, he was tortured by North Korean authorities after returning from a brief visit to China. His tormentors wanted to know if he'd met any Christians. And he had resolved after that to be free. (laughs) Sung Ho traveled thousands of miles on crutches all across China and Southeast Asia to freedom. Most of his family followed. His father was caught trying to escape and was tortured to death. Today he lives in Seoul, where he rescues other defectors and broadcasts to North Korea what the regime fears most, the truth. Today he has a new leg, but Sung Ho, I understand you still keep those old crutches as a reminder of how far you've come. (laughs) Your great sacrifice is an inspiration to us all. Please. Thank you. <laughs> Except we won't let you into this country, you Asian weirdo. Like, he talks about immigrate and then, what does this have to do? With, I don't give a fuck about North Korean guy. Oh my God. Talk about Americans. This is a State of the Union address. It's a State of the Union address, and you're wasting how many minutes talking about fucking Young North Sung-ho. Korea? Wait, because 
He wants to. North Korea is bad. North Korea is bad. North Korea, we get it, buddy. But he, that's what you're going to talk about. The I, State of the Union address. Could you talk about? I don't know. School lunch programs or. You know, how he hasn't even mentioned the opiate crisis at all. He hasn't mentioned yes, the sick. Yes, he did. The girl that was on right, smack. The person that, that was yeah, on heroin. Because, that had to, because those are the only people that are on. Except as has he mentioned, he talks about, oh, we're trying to make drugs cheaper. But he doesn't talk about 68,000 people dying in 2016 of heroin yeah. overdoses. We didn't even know what the numbers Pam, for 2017 are yet. We have to go back yet. to these stories. How ridiculous. This is extreme. Oh, he keeps talking about it. Oh, he's not wait, done. Wait, wait, the, wait. He ate dirt. Well, his his family <laughs> ate dirt because there was their growth was stunted. Okay, so here he keeps going with Sung Ho. Sung Ho's story is a testament to the yearning of every human soul to live in freedom. It was that same yearning for freedom that nearly 250 years ago gave birth to a special place called America. He. This is him. It was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. <gasps> I hate him so much. There are so many problems that are happening right now in our nation. There are so many fucking huge, huge fucking issues that are happening. And he's talking about... We're giving a history lesson? Should we all go have Thanksgiving together with Columbus? You fucking... <coughs> it was a small cluster of colonies caught between a great ocean and a vast wilderness. It was home to an incredible people with a revolutionary idea that they could rule themselves, that they could chart their own destiny and murder Indians. I'm sorry, I added that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I added that. That they could chart their own destiny and that together they could light up the entire world with the bodies of the dead Indians. This is what our country has always been about. That is what Americans have always stood for, always strived for, always done. Atop the dome of this capital stands the Statue of Freedom. She stands tall and dignified among the monuments to our ancestors who fought and lived and died to protect her. And were ripped and beaten. Monuments and to Wa- yeah, monuments to Washington, to Jefferson, to Lincoln and King. To the plantation. Mem- yeah, memorials to the heroes of Yorktown and Saratoga. Young Americans who shed their blood on the shores of Normandy and the fields beyond. And others who went down to the waters of the Pacific and the skies over Asia. <laughs> and freedom stands tall over one more monument. This one, this capital, this living monument. This is the monument to the American people. <laughs> and applause? Applause. Uh, this and is. An explosion! Explosion. Wow. I know. America! Michael, boom, fuck yeah! Coming yeah. to save the motherfucking day! Yeah, man! <laughs> Hook, yeah, I love that. Then, guns, yeah. books. And they're like books. No, freeze. Guns and Bible. Wow. Wow. America. Yeah. Fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. Okay, we're almost done. He's almost to thank oh you, everybody. God. This is how he's ending it, right? This is like the he didn't Japanese. say anything about anything. No. But is he done with some young hoe? He's done with some young hoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are strong moms and brave kids. They have firefighters and police officers and border agents, medics and marines. Above all, they are Americans. <laughs> Our task is to respect them, to listen to them, to serve them, to protect them, and always be worthy of them. Americans fill the world with ardent music. They push the boundaries of science and discovery. They forever remind us that we should never forget. Whoa! Whoa, Zing! Never forget! Wow! The people dreamed of this country. The people built this country. <laughs> and it's the people who are making America great again. Applause. 
Oh, wait. Applause. There's only one more applause. Their crowd chants USA at the end. Oh, my oh God. fucking God. Ew. I, I hate know. when people we're gonna, do that. We're going to, yeah. USA. 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 I'm like, what is this, a fucking cult? It is. As long as we are proud of who we are and what we are fighting for, there's nothing we cannot achieve. As long as we have confidence in our values, faith in our citizens, and our trust in God, we will never fail. Our families will thrive. Our people will prosper and our nation will forever be safe, strong, proud, mighty, and free and white. Thank you. <laughs> and applause. God bless America. Applause, applause. Good night. Applause. Applause, applause, applause. Crowd chanting USA. Paul Ryan takes his shirt off and USA. starts it around. USA. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. USA. Applause. Trump. Mc, uh, Thank Mitch, you, everybody. Mitch Thank McConnell everybody. takes off his red sweater and blows his head off this is excited. the ending this is <laughs> I USA USA white 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 yeah. white's all right the end of this basically said the end of this basically says abortion is bad <laughs> we hate brown people and we only want families we want it even says it basically it says it basically says I hate gays too <laughs> Families. Only families are important. What if you're a single mom? Is that a family? What What if in your family your dad beats your mom? Mm. Or he's molesting you? Or your mom is bipolar and she's super abusive? Yeah. And and how do we even... uh, (laughs) These are all just hypotheticals. Right, I know, right? (laughs) Okay, so this was... His USA. State of the Union last year, just to, so you see the the, the, the difference between USA. the endings. USA. Oh, it's not giving me the... USA. Fuck LA. USA. Uh, USA. I, I, I hate what Text of President Barack Obama's State of the Union address provided by the White House. Okay, so this is... But this one is from... 2016 or 15? Uh, I, I I don't know. He talks about Afghanistan, World War II, no challenges. That's how we got here. Recessions. Uh, oh, he talks about the collapse of the economy in 2008. It was wrong. Is irresponsible. It plunged the economy into a crisis. It put millions out of work. Saddled us with more death. Yeah. It, 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 the thing is that even just looking looking through Obama's thing, it's like, oh my God, he's so smart. He's a, he. T- I don't even think we have to go through Obama's. No, we don't. I just want to see what he says at the end because it's teachers matter. Look at this. Did our president talk about teaching education no. at all? There was no, no there was not none. one motherfucking mention of motherfucking education. There was not one no. fucking word. Because he lacks thereof. There was not. <laughs> I mean, seriously, teachers matter. So instead you, of bashing them, right. so so in Obama's like, oh, teachers, that's important. We're talk, talks about education, the cost of college. Like, all he talked about was some tax cuts and making it easier to people save for college. But he doesn't talk about education. And some um, young hoe. Here's his immigration thing, which is fine. He talks about it. Uh, Steve Jobs, research. Uh, renewable energy resources. Great. That's great. Oh, so now, he even had a problem with natural gas. He said it's putting our citizens at risk. And blah, 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 blah. Talks about China. Save money. Blah, 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 blah. Let's keep it going. Um... Let's never forget millions of Americans who work hard and play by the rules every day deserve a government and financial system that do the same. It's time to apply these same rules from top to bottom. No bailouts, no handouts, and no cop-outs. An America built to last and since insists on responsibility from everybody. I love Barack Obama. Okay, this is where I had to get on him. This is where I had to get on him. Do, have you seen the uh, Dirty Money 
uh, documentary on Netflix. Oh, the one about the rot and the food stuff? No, no, no I haven't it's seen a the series. So they one, they talk about the pharmaceutical company and mm. the farm bro, Martin Shkreli. The other one, they talk about HBCS, or no, Hong Kong of Bank of China, HSBC, excuse me, the banking scandal about that, oh, uh-huh, which was uh-huh. done on... <clears throat> They were fined. Well, do you know about it, what they did? No, I, I haven't. Okay, so basically, they're uh, uh, the Bank of Hong Kong and Shanghai, uh, and they were basically money laundering. They were Whoa. taking money from the cartels, and so they were under investigation during, uh, I believe, 2014 to 2016, and the Attorney General. Loretta Lynch, they slapped him with like some billion dollar fine. No one went to fucking jail. No one went to jail. No one. To, for, for, no one went to jail. So because they're white. Yeah, white, white collar, white crime. But this, I just had to back that up with that. You know, Obama's my boy, but he can. He's a politician too. He's a politician too. So just had to throw in. Here's a here's shade. the end of Obama's speech, and we'll kind of compare it, and then we'll be done with this. So it is with America. Each time I look at that flag, I'm reminded that our destiny is stitched together like those 50 stars and those 13 stripes. No one built this country on their own. This nation is great because we built it together. This nation is great because we worked as a team. This nation is great because we get each other's backs. And if we hold fast to that truth in this moment of trial, there is no challenge too great, no mission too hard. As long as we're joined in a common purpose, as long as we maintain our common resolve, our journey moves forward, our future is hopeful, and the state of our union will always be strong. Yeah, applause! That was... Damn that boy, good! Mm, I miss him so much. See, that's uplifting. It is uplifting. All Everything I and see he, with Trump is like hurricanes and fires and tsunamis. He didn't and, talk about and education. And murder and bloodshed. <laughs> He didn't mention. He didn't mention education he lacks not thereof. once in have his you, entire speech. Have you ever heard him say the e word? No, I don't think I. I've have. never heard him say education. Really, I haven't. Because he lacks thereof. He's a terrible. He hates the being. fucking read, man. How is he? Why is this? I don't How know. We, we're gonna wake up from this nightmare. Just, just give it time. Just give it time. And let and just know, America. We told y'all. Tom, you it. You heard it here on the AltaCast. We're like, the race war is coming. <laughs> what else happened this week besides that? We went. We spent. I'm sorry, AltaCast listeners. We spent an hour and a half with me doing a terrible Trump impression. I apologize <laughs> so much. Hey, you guys had a little bit of playtime theater. You had a reenactment. Yeah. And I'm I'm not drunk anymore. Applause. So that's fun. Applause. <laughs> Applause. Applause. I'm gonna have to eat a pupusa or something. <laughs> uh, what else is going on in the world that we well, know about? What, what happened this week? There was the, the I guess I called everyone out for rape. <laughs> Trump's an idiot. <laughs> what else happened? Uh, let's see. What else happened? Uh, Jonathan, what happened in the news? What, how's the that? Come in, wow. come in as, and tell us about the about the the new. Oh, but I, okay. Uh, I don't actually. Oh, you're so sweet. I don't actually want a pupusa, but I would. I might want a flauta from them. Although the last time I had a flauta, there was a hair in it. Oh so man. So that was a bummer. Yeah. That's Shout out. Bow, bow, shots fired, Donya Terrace. Bow, bow. <laughs> 
Jonathan doesn't mind when he has a, a hair gets in his food and he, he does no problem. It's a call-out culture. Honey, it's a call-out culture, and I called him out. Yeah, uh, yeah he, that's right. He doesn't have a problem when there's a hair in his food, and I'm like, if there's a hair in my food and it's not my... Even if it's my hair, I still am like, oh, God, this is not okay. No, I can't. I can't I do, can't do hair, it. hair no. with food. I'm can't sorry. Do it. That shit freaks me the fuck out. Me too. Because I start to think the worst. I'm thinking like, oh, maybe, especially if it's a small black hair mm. or a small, like anytime that's small and a little bit on the curl Someone side. Someone jacking off into the beans again. Yeah, I, I got I got an issue. <laughs> you too puby for me. You could be an eyelash, but I'm, in my yeah, mind, I I'm, you're a puby. I wouldn't notice an eyelash. Honey, come in and tell us about the, about the, the new machine. You got a Dyson? Does it do our taxes too? Does, what does it do? <laughs> that's something I'm going to do today. It, it, you, you're putting it together. You're just charging it. Oh, it's 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 a charger bowl. It's an electrical. It doesn't have a cord. Oh my God, we're in the future. The future is now. Don't future get is up. yesterday. Don't get sucked up. Hassle free. It says. Well, oh shit. Free Everything from everything from Costco is great. It's a Dyson. You can use it in so it's, many it, They do the hand plates. I don't like capitalism. Look at you. It's a Dyson. It's a Dyson. It's a I know Dyson. what a Dyson applause. is. Yeah, applause. <laughs> I don't want to know how much it costs. I hate knowing that. I'm like... No, uh, but it's worth it. Sometimes these nice things are good. This is, this is the fun part about capitalism, where it's just like, oh my gosh, it's a Dyson. And it's good. And it's exactly, and it's actually quality. going to work. It's yeah. quality. It's quality. Well, there we go, Dyson. I put in. It'll last just as long as IKEA. Uh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Is that what it says? Just the actual company. <laughs> IKEA. Oh my yeah. god! I put in the future is yesterday, and uh, there's a lot of people that say that. There's people that have blogs. Oh, Renegade you're, you're tapping into that. I just weirdo. typed into that. You're tapping oh, into that. Weirdo let's play zone. the game. Let's play the game of Google where it tells us things. It tells us what we're supposed to know. Let's oh, put in. We have let's to put this in Google Trump, and Yahoo and. Uh, I put in Trump and it says Trump quotes, Trump Pocahontas, Trump trans tweet, Trump State of the Union, Trump but news, I, Trump I, Back to the Future. I don't even know. I know, but I'm just like Trump Pocahontas. What did he do? Oh, the, oh they don't fit you. You're going to go return them at Costco? Might as well. Will you bring me a hot dog? Thanks. I don't know what the difference is. What's the difference? A Polish is much better. It's thicker. Whichever one. I like I like onions and relish. No mustard. What is wrong with you and mustard? I don't like mustard. Mustard's my favorite. That is the best condiment. French's yellow mustard. I have nightmares about it. No, no. I'm not talking about that shit. I like stone ground mustard. I like, you know, like... Some Grey Poupon Grey Poupon, no problem. No problem with Grey Poupon. Yeah, I can understand the French's. I can hang with it, but I'm like, no, I'm... French's yellow... Don't let anybody fuck with the Dyson. Uh, I won't put that... Let's play the Google game. Let's okay. put in a word and see what happens. Let's put in feminism is again. <laughs> feminism. So we've got feminism in Frankenstein. Oh my goodness. Oh, I got a story for feminism you. Feminism like, is. Hashtag me too. Oh yeah. Um, so do you remember that show Charles in Charge, right? I loved it. Charles in Charge. Scott Bale's uh, being accused of sexual assault no. to the co or the uh, Nicole Eggert, who was the blonde girl. What? Yeah. I just I was reading about that just for fun. That's Scott not fun. Bayo, I, I can't believe it. Scott Bayo on GMA denies sexual molestation allegations. I'm so excited that Charles in charge. Charles is in charge of me. 
Charles in charge of my pussy. Snatch. Uh, yeah, right? He appeared on Good Morning America denying having sex with Nicole Eggert when his former... Oh, nice. When his former Charles in Charge co-star was under 18 years of age, describing the set of the 1980s sitcom as a happy, crowded place, like a picnic every day. <laughs> Bayo repeated earlier claims made on Facebook Live that he was never alone with his younger castmate, and their only sexual encounter occurred after the production ended when Eggert was 18 years old. <laughs> That's yeah, Bayo making his early morning appearance on the ABC show the day after Eggert took a case to NBC's Megyn Kelly Today, said he could prove Eggert was lying and offered up evidence, a past radio interview in which Eggert indicated that her relations with Bayo occurred when she was 18. He was sexy back then, but I mean, uh, what do you think? I don't. I'm sure that they made out on the. Here's the thing: when I was 17, I dated a 25 year old guy, and I thought I was the coolest motherfucker <laughs> in the goddamn school. I was like, I'm a senior in high school, and I am dating a 25 year old guy. And you guys are too young. Well, he was basically finger banging me in the back of Tony Roma's, uh, and we'd like make out when we were supposed to be doing. Like I'd do his side work, and then we'd make out or whatever, and it was, you know, we'd get all hot and heavy and. He'd finger bang me. And then you'd be like, okay, I don't want to do this. No, and I know. Well, no, it was he was he was 25, and I thought it was so cool. And I never really thought at the time, like, what's a 25 year old guy doing with a 17 year old girl? Right there, you go. What the ding, fuck ding, is ding, wrong ding, with ding. this guy that he wants to hang out with a high school senior? He took me to see Cape Fear. We went on a date. <laughs> and he took me to see Cape Fear <laughs> in the movie theater. <laughs> No, and then we went back to his parents' house. We went back to his house, and it was like upstairs in his parents' house. And it was funny. The reason the reason I didn't get like raped or molested in any way that night was that I had a pad on. I had a period pad, and he was like, "What are you wearing? A diaper?" And I was like, "No, I'm having my period. I'm wearing a period pad." And he was like, "Why don't you wear a tampon like a normal person?" And I was like, "Cause I like." period pads I don't know what to tell you and so he ended up driving me home but but the thing is he took me back to his parents like I parents. like I waved at his mom like and his mom must have been like what the fuck is he's 25 he's living at home still and he's dating a 17 year old girl from Tony Roma's I want to go back to of all movies Cape Fear Cape is Fear. what he took me on a date because you know exactly what scene I'm thinking about the the scene with Robert De Niro and Juliette Lewis where he sticks his finger in her mouth and he's trying yeah. to seduce her She's like, all like, Ugh. yeah, and she's like in love with this older dude. <laughs> like, that that's a great movie because I of love when that movie. he hangs on the bottom of the car <laughs> to get <laughs> to get from place to place or whatever. I'm like, I fuck know. yeah, dude, he looked hot in that movie when he took his shirt off. Mm, I was like, dude, I'm like, like yeah, that is a crazy movie. But that he took me. I, I was I a date. Watch that when I get home. It was I was I was 17. He was 25. I didn't think anything was wrong with that situation. That scenario, now, now I'm like, listen to him, I'm like, that is a fucked up scenario. Yeah, he's, he's still living at home. Probably still does. What was his name? That didn't last I long. I can't remember. No, but it was because he ended up quitting Tony Roma's or got fired. Maybe he got fired for finger banging me in the back. I don't remember. Maybe, um, maybe he's just incompetent. What was his name? No, he was a good waiter. He was he was tall. I remember what he looked like, but I don't remember his name. He was really tall and he had dark brown hair. And he was really like... But that's the thing. He was being all like suave and cool. And he's... You know, he would flirt with me on like a Saturday shift. And we'd like... But 
I was 17. I mean, I guess maybe I was a hot cheerleader. I don't know. That's probably what he's thinking about. Well, guys in high school didn't want to date me, so I was like... Because guys in high school don't know shit. I mean, I never dated any guys in high school. And if the guys that I did like, they were usually older anyway. I've always liked younger guys. I've always I've liked older always guys. I've always liked younger I guys. daddy issues. I've said that before. I, I always, even when I was a junior, when I got arrested, it was because I was hanging out with freshmen and I had bought the beer with my <laughs> fake ID. Like, and I took them in my car because I'm so cool. I've got like four 14, 15 year old boys in my car and I'm 16 and people are like, what is wrong with you? Why are you hanging out with younger guys? And I'm like, I have a car. They think I'm cool. I, I'm hanging out with like other, if I was a guy and I'd been hanging out with four girls, they would have been like, you're a fucking baller. You're hanging out with four girls in your car. I'm like, and, and but people were like, you're so weird. Like, why are you hanging out with four freshman sophomore guys? I'm like, <laughs> I probably would have been asking the same shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hung out with the older people, and then once I was old, all my friends were gone. So I'm like, I'm not I'm not friends with you kids. I'm too grown. That's I, I my just, mentality. Yeah. But I wasn't grown. I was in high school. But right. going back to the fact of the matter, seventeen. No, you don't know shit when you're no, that young. I didn't know I and didn't. then, you know, you think you think you do, but you don't. And you put yourself sometimes in these situations where you're like, Whoa, this is really too grown up for me. Mm. I uh, I shouldn't put myself in this situation anymore. Right. Yeah. And this is when high school, when you're in your twenties, that's a different story. Sure. No, I was a kid. I was yeah. a child. Oh, they've got the the, the, the Scott Baio. Uh, <laughs> the 57-year-old actor didn't react well under pressure during a Wednesday morning interview with Amy Robach on GMA, where he attempted to prove his innocence against claims from Charles in Charge co-star Nicole Eggert, 46. So she's 11 years younger than him. So if she was 17, then he was... 46. Uh, so she was, he was 28. Oh, wow. Wow. And, and she had been on the show since she was 14. Right. So she charges that he molested her weekly when she was 14, 15, and 16, and later alleged sexual intercourse with her when she was 17. Here are some of the most awkward moments from the question-answer oh. session. What happened Dude. in the garage? Bayo at a loss for words about garage encounter with Nicole Eggert. I... I the he just I guess he sips coffee. The most shocking moment of the interview came when host Amy Robach questioned Bayo about being in his garage with Eggert after he said they were never alone together and he never saw her offset other than the lot. Bayo was at a loss for words, stuttered his speech, nervously laughed, and threw his hands up in the air when Robach brought up the tweet where Eggert wrote, Ask Scott Bayo what happened in his garage at his house when I was a minor. Creep. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea. He responded with an uncomfortable laugh. So you can keep making up different things. Not flirtatious, but fun. When Robach asked Bayo if his relationship with Eggert, who was 11 years younger than him, was flirtatious, he said it was the most fun he'd ever had on set. Amy, I can tell you, and I mean this sincerely, one of the most fun things I've ever done. Talented girl, he responded. We had a great time on set. Everybody liked each other. Everybody got along. Things got even dicier when Bayo was pressed about anything inappropriate occurring between them, and he just kept reiterating it was impossible. 
When a child is on set, they're either in school or they're on set with a teacher and their parents, he declared. A math lesson. Right off the bat, Bayo denied having intercourse with Eggert before she turned 18, a claim he stood by for years. At the start of the interview, he began with what seemed like an elaborate math equation, trying to compare the dates of Charles in charge and Eggert's year of birth. Nicole Eggert was born in January of 1972. Charles in charge ended in the fall of 1990, so that would have made her an adult. 18 plus, she said, it happened long after Charles in charge was done. Those are her words, Scott Bayo said in his oh defense. God. Oh, this sounds pathetic. It's, I want to listen to it now. I, I know. I, I, I mean, we can have him. We can have him talk. We can bring it on. We can bring it up on that computer if you want. Uh, why not? What's oh, look at Nicole Eggert. She doesn't look terrible. What's the password? Uh, DJs. Brings his daughter into it. While the interview was wrapping up, Bayo wanted to make one more point. He explained how Eggert's accusations are affecting him, and more importantly, his wife and daughter. I have a 10-year-old daughter. My 10-year-old daughter does not need to be hearing about this from friends at school, these false allegations, he said. Her job is not to defend me. My job is to defend my daughter. Her job is to be 10 years old, and that's why this has got to stop. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, bring it up. I am. I am. I don't know which one. Which one did you have it on? I think this, that, it's one of those. Um, yeah. yeah, that's where you, that's where you, we need you. Oh, uh, let me pull the, to make this, we're going to turn the, the, the other thing off. Here, we're lifting, we're lifting the veil, everybody. Uh, there you go, you go. Turn that volume down on that at the uh, top. There, you just, just you got right it here. Scary. Here, we're lifting the veil here at the AltaCast. I am not hungover yet, which is crazy. That's because I might, I took a shot of tequila at the end of the night, which I never, I haven't done it in years. I didn't even, someone was like, drink this, and I did, and then I was drunk last night. I had a good time. Got yelled at, was drunk. To have his publicist here with him as well. And Scott, you just heard Nicole. She says she has no doubt she was under 18 when the two of you had sex. You say she was 18, and you also say you have proof. Uh, I do. I do have proof. Um, <laughs> Charles in Charge ended in the fall of 1990. Uh, and she said in uh, the Nick Ritchie interview, the dirty.com, that uh, we had sex when she was 17, and she said we had sex long after Charles in Charge was done. So Nicole Eggert was born in January of 1972. Charles in Charge ended in the fall of 1990. So that would have made her an adult, 18 plus, and she said that it happened long after Charles in Charge was done. Those are her words. Correct. And that was a radio interview with Nick Ritchie that you bring up. But now she says it did happen when the show was filming that she lied at the time to protect the show because that's what she thought she needed to do. She lied at the time to... So I, I'm trying to figure out which time she's lying and which time she's not lying uh, because the story seems to change quite a bit. Uh, so I, I, I can't keep up with it, quite honestly. I want to also bring up uh, Nick Ritchie. He issued a statement. This is the man she was uh, talking to. And she sh we should point out that he and Eggert both share a manager. Yes. But he now says Nicole was distraught after that interview. She told me it was much worse than she described on air. She said, he molested me as a child, and I didn't know any better. I can vividly remember that statement. It's not one you would forget. What happened with you and Nicole when she was 14, 15, 16? Absolutely nothing. 
And I find it interesting, Amy, that the moment that uh, her first allegation that we had sex when she was 17, which is not true, as soon as that was proven to be 100% false, she comes up with a new story where something happened, happened once a week for years. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on a sitcom set, but on any given day, on every day, it, and especially Charles in Charge, which was like a picnic every day, is one of my favorite jobs I've ever done. There's uh, teachers, parents, family, crew, producers, my dad. So how any of this could have my happened <laughs> is, is absolutely impossible. And, um, and I find that, I, and I don't know how anybody can believe what she's saying when her first allegation of having sex when we were 17 had been proven to be 100% false. And her story keeps changing. It comes up, she makes up new things. She got and, and, and by the way, I'm not the first person she's done this to. What? Okay, she got very specific about you. She says, Eggert said you had sexual contact with her, touching her inappropriately when she was 14. She says, and you mentioned this, that it was not a one-time incident, that this happened like once a week. How would you describe your relationship with Eggert on the set? Was it strictly professional? Was it flirtatious? No, it was Amy, I, I can tell you, and I mean this sincerely, one of the most fun things I've ever done. Sure was. Talented girl, we had a great time on the set. Everybody liked each other, everybody got along. Um, Nothing we, inappropriate. I, I, it was impossible. Impossible. Because when a child is on a set, they're either in school, or they're on the set with the teacher and their parents. So you That's were never it. alone with no. her? No, unless I was in a scene alone with her. Look and, at, this, you know, look at the sexual and chemistry of them on screen. Crew guys are watching. Never, never. It's impossible. And, and the amount of time that we spent on the show was, was nothing. And you never saw her off the set? Off the set? I what? saw her on the, in, the, in the studio a lot. Yeah, off the set. She mentioned your garage in one of her tweets. I have no idea what that means. I, I, I have no idea. So you can't just keep making up different <laughs> things. I want to ask you about this. Adam Polinsky, who played Nicole's it. brother on the show, reportedly said he witnessed inappropriate cuddling between you and Nicole on the set. And then Adam Carl, who's credited with one appearance on the show, tweeted he remembers her crying about you. Why do you think they're saying that? Are they lying too? I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. I don't know why they're saying it. Um, I don't you know. There were so many people on that set. Nobody said anything until, and, and by the way, Nicole and I were friends after our only sexual encounter where she, she aggressively sought me out because she wanted me to be her first so that she would be good for her boyfriend. Those are her words. You say she seduced her. In, when you made your online rebuttal, you right. said she seduced you. Yes. And you stand by that. Uh, absolutely. You weren't attracted to her. You didn't seek her out. You didn't absolutely try to not. date her. Absolutely not. And, no. and something else of interest, you also told Eggert to go to police if she had yes. these allegations. And she now says she may do just that. Do you have any concerns? No. Why would I have a concern over something that I didn't do? And, and rather than take your case to social media, where people tend to beat up people like me, call why out not culture, do it through the proper channels, <laughs> instead of Fake news. making the appearance, because you, you put up uh, allegations like that, and it becomes like wildfire. Well, we know that you have certainly 
spoken up loudly and, yeah. and uh, listen, in many I, ways. And, and I have to tell you one more thing, Amy. I mean, and people are forgetting this. Um, and it's very important how this is, this is affecting me. Uh, why somebody would come after me, my reputation, and stop me from doing something that I love doing, that I've been doing since I'm nine years old. And more important than that is my wife. And, and I have a 10-year-old daughter. And, and my 10-year-old daughter does not need to be hearing about this from friends at school, these false allegations. My, her job is not to defend me. My job is to defend my daughter. Her job is to be 10 years old. And that's why this has got to stop. Scott Baio, thank you so much for You're joining us. Thank you for having me. We appreciate it. Wow. Call out culture, call out culture, call, call, call out. Call them out. Call. Well, are we supposed to call them out? I mean, if, Fuck if yeah. I mean, here's the thing, though. Shit Scott went Baio down on that show. Uh, of course it did. And there was sexual chemistry between them on set. Of course there was. You can tell. Obviously, obviously absolutely. He, he, was fu- he was fucking a 14-year-old. I'm sorry. Mm. He was touching it. He was, t- but you know, like, uh, so, but so, so she was fourteen, he was twenty-five, and they were on a show together, and she was memorizing lines, and he probably, you know, touched and it was her fu- boobies Scott and stuff. Bam. Scott, I know, he's fucking chachi, man. Yeah, he's chachi. Joni loves chachi. And now chachi. he's a Republican. Joni loves chachi. Everyone loves chachi. Anyways, I, I don't like that chachi. When anymore. it comes to call out culture, if it happened, we should actually say something. And I, I think there is something to be said for if something happened to you that was inappropriate, call them out. And you want to, I mean, call them out. It's I, not just, a, but if for your, but I don't know. I, but it's, but it's not about just pointing them out it's sharing your experience right it's not about just crucifying everyone right that's not and that goes back to the question at hand what we started the show off with um well should she have just been silent should nicole eggert have said hey let sleeping dogs lie it's been since 1990 or is it important to say wait this happened to me. This was inappropriate. This was the so, late 80s, he, and he touched me. And Well, like, there have been some things that I've put in the back of my mind that I, that, you know, that were kind of terrifying to me that I put, and I've started to think about, and especially, like, being a young girl in the restaurant industry and, like, some of what my bosses would do to me and the time that my boss basically tried to force himself on me and I ran. Like, stuff like that. I put it to the I back got of my someone, mind. An, another guy tried to make out with me in the cooler and I did not, I was, not, I didn't like him. I was not cool then. He was in charge. Yeah, like cer- certain things like this, you know, not as brutal as what she's talking about. Sure, yeah. But you put in the back of your mind now it's like coming up to fruition. I'm like, oh my God, that kind of happened. It's similar to like my story. You know? Yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, it's and it's like call out culture, all that stuff. We're gonna we're gonna end the uh, AltaCast there with uh, call out culture. culture. I don't even know. I'm I'm a Joni doesn't love Jaji anymore. I'm a terrible feminist. That's what we learned today. (laughs) You're not a terrible terrible feminist. uh, And and Trump is the worst president that ever presidented. So a stroke. Really, it was. God, I just want to gamble on his health. Whoever listened to this episode today, I sincerely apologize for my terrible Trump impression. But I just love <laughs> I liked reading his idiot words. Tremendous. Thank you so much, Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, as always. <laughs> Madam Pam. Such a pr- pleasure. And uh, we'll see everybody next week here on the AltaCast. Bye. <laughs>
out a patter. Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. 
it's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends.